You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils and Locked On Pit, a crossover episode here today on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is JJ Jackson the host of Locked On Blue Devils, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Nick Faribault from Locked On Pit. Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, JJ. Really excited for this crossover episode. Get a big matchup here in uh, good old Durham, North Carolina. Duke, Pitt, doesn't have quite the same spice as it usually yeah. does or or anything if Pitt's good in basketball or whatever, but right. it's, still, it's still fun. <laughs> no, we're excited. We're excited to do the program, excited for both of our listeners to be able to hear our conversation about this game coming up on Saturday. You mentioned it, basketball ties probably would have been a little bit better, right? And we're going to do that during basketball season for sure because we absolutely love Jeff Capel so much and are rooting for his success this upcoming season. So can't wait for that, but let's talk a little football, Nick. And so uh, looking at this game in particular, coming up on Saturday in Durham at Wallace Wade stadium, had the chance to chat with West Durham of the ACC network. Who's going to be on the play-by-play a little bit earlier in the week. One of their big storylines going into this one. I didn't realize it until I talked to him earlier in the week. The very first football game played in Wallace Wade stadium was between Duke and Pitt. How about that? Little little story. Yeah really storied programs for sure um, i mean even though you when you think of duke you're like basketball they, they've had a long-standing football program and Pitt obviously has had a long-standing football program when Pitt was at their best they were alabama of their time essentially i mean that so it, it's not surprising to me and i knew how impactful and historical this series was it's really going to be a fun one i find this this game every year it's a fun one It is, and we'll get into that. We'll get into what's at stake for both of these teams a little bit later in the program. I figure we'll go back and forth on this crossover episode of Locked on Blue Devils and Locked on Pitt. Let me ask you about Pitt. You're the expert, and then we'll swap roles. You ask me all things Blue Devils, and we'll wrap it up. So taking a look at Pitt coming into this contest, kind of catch us up to speed on how the Panthers are doing this season. From the outside looking in, we hear everything under the sun about Kenny Pickett. But that's about it. So kind of fill in the rest of the team and and how good Kenny Pickett has been and run through your season so far, Nick. So it's been a season, I think, that Pitt fans are a little bit right now at the, let's say they're, it's a conflicted season because you feel like you should be better than six and two. And, and that's what I, I mean. You, don't, you shouldn't lose to Western Michigan with Kenny Pickett. And listen, this is a talented Pitt roster. It really is. No, it's not just Kenny Pickett. They have a really good receiver in Jordan Addison. They have multiple good receivers. Jared Wayne, the other guys come into his own. They have an NFL tight end, Lucas Kroll. They have an O-line that's grown. They have two really good running backs in Izzy Abani-Kanda, Rodney Hammond, the freshman, Vincent Davis as well. They have a really talented offense. And this offense is a high-powered offense. It can really go toe-to-toe with anybody. But they've lost two games, also losing to Miami last week, which is disappointing because if Pitt is 7-1 and one or even 8-0, a lot of different than 6-2. and two. But you've been you, – you know this kind of – Pitt's waiting for the breakout year. They want that year to come. And it's the defense that's kind of held it back so far. Um, Defense has been up and down. Good games against Clemson. Good games against Virginia Tech. Good games against Georgia Tech. Complete stinkers against Western Michigan and Miami. They were okay against Tennessee. Good enough. But it's, it's a season for Pitt where there's so much that could go right. They could win an ACC championship. 
they could win the coastal. It's just, it mean, it would mean a lot for the program. And, and Pitt's kind of waiting for that breakout year to happen at, under Pat Narduzzi. And Kenny Pickett is at the top of those hopes. It's a talented offense. It's a defense that's talented, but hasn't quite put everything together. They probably won't until next year. They're young. They're kind of inexperienced at a lot of spots. But it's really a, a talented team that I think if they could win out, go 10-2, and two, that would be the goal, get to Charlotte, hopefully beat Wake Forest, NC State, whoever comes out of the Atlantic, Pitt could have a really special season. And it would be their first 10-win season in 40 years. It would mean wow. so much for Pitt. Wow. And obviously that means getting a win this weekend versus Duke and continuing throughout the season. So talking about Kenny Pickett at quarterback in particular, let me tell you where I'm coming from, right? And where I think the rest of the league is coming from. There were expectations for Kenny Pickett to have another good season, but he has by far exceeded expectations from the outside looking in. I would be skeptical, Nick, if you told me this level of play was expected from Pitt fans and what you went into the year because it's been that good. Am I fair to say that? I don't think Pitt fans expected this good play. I think they expected him to be a good quarterback. And people were expecting eight, nine wins. But when you saw Kenny Pickett play like this, we're not just talking about a top 30 quarterback in the country, which he was. We're talking top 10, top five. I mean, this is a he's yeah. a literal Heisman candidate i mean that's what he's played like so it's been a complete just boom up upward trajectory for kenny pickett he looks night and day from really last year this year he, he throws a better ball he looks more comfortable he's more accurate he's not you know running around and, and feeling like oh man i'm gonna get hit every play because the old line's a lot better as well there's a lot of growth with Kenny Pickett. I expected him to be good i didn't expect him to be this good i mean when you play yourself from essentially a day three draft pick to now potentially going to round one. I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's talk about it, legitimate talk about him going round one. That just shows you what you have done in one season of coming back. Kenny Pickett's been phenomenal. He has been. It's been fun to watch him play, and again, he'll take on Duke this upcoming Saturday. It's a crossover episode right now of Locked on Blue Devils and Locked on Pitt. Noon kickoff on the ACC Network in Durham. Pitt's now ranked in the top 25 with the college football playoff rankings out. How big of a surprise was that? I'll tell you what, it was a pleasant little surprise. I, I expected Pitt to potentially get in there um, because they do have a, a strong, a few strong wins, Clemson, Tennessee. They boat raced Georgia Tech. They really went into Lane Stadium and kicked Virginia Tech's tail. They have a few nice wins, but the losses to Western Michigan and the loss to Miami, it shows that Pitt might not be as legitimate as a team as, you know, they can lose any given Saturday, essentially is what that could showcase. But the committee respects the offense. I think they respect Kenny Pickett. And that's huge for Pitt. That's the first time they've ever been in those rankings. So it's a it's a nice national perception thing for Pitt. You know, it's not going to do a lot. They're probably not going to make it there um, unless absolute chaos ensues in some way. But it means a lot for Pitt. It's a national perception. Recruits see that. They're going to see Pittsburgh in that top 25. And, and, you know, anytime you can keep the national perception going around the program, keep the conversation going. It's a good thing for Pitt, especially where they're, you know, trying to take that next leap as a program. They're trying to get up another step. It's huge for them. What went wrong last week versus Miami? Well, a few things went wrong. First of all, all I have to say is that first quarter, the defense abysmal. I mean, huge explosive plays for Miami, a 57 yard catch. Uh, I think this, a 57 yard touchdown on a flea flicker. Uh, and then the 40-yard the Jalen Knighton touchdown run. They gave up 
almost as many yards in that first quarter as they did the rest of the game. That was huge. Explosive plays were Miami's lifeline. And without that first quarter, Miami doesn't win that game because after that first quarter, Pitt only surrendered 285 yards of offense and I believe uh, 17 points. So Pitt's defense wasn't terrible second quarter on. They were able to get stops and give Pitt an offensive lifeline, but Pitt fell behind so early. It was 31 to 17 in halftime. It left the offense really no room for error. And Kenny Pickett threw two picks, which also turned into seven points. And then obviously the final pick was the, was the game ender. And it just felt like Pitt overall defensively played horrible. Missed tackles, miscommunications, coverage busts. They really weren't playing fast. Everything didn't feel good defensively. Offensively, they played well. They played well offensively. They always will. They have Kenny Pickett. They have Jordan Addison. They have so much talent. But there were a few missed opportunities. Bad play calling in the red zone, for example. Kenny Pickett and his receivers a little off every now and then. That was the offense's bad day. And that's good if you're pit. That's their bad day. But unfortunately, it was also your defense is probably your worst day of the season. And that was the big thing for Pitt. If you look outside of quarterback Kenny Pickett, for, for Duke fans, when we're watching the game on Saturday, we, we take Pickett out of the equation. What's the next best thing about this Pitt football team? I think it's got to be their weapons. Um, I, unbelievably consistent weapons. Jordan Addison is maybe the best receiver in the ACC. He's definitely up there. Um, he's very productive, can beat you at all three levels of the field. He's He's been a very productive weapon for Kenny Pickett, but it's not just him. And it's Jared Wayne coming into his own. It's two tight ends and Gavin Bartholomew and Lucas Kroll who are dangerous. It's their three running backs with, with Davis, Hammond, and Abani Kanda who have all been at a high level. It's the offensive line continuing to improve and play at a high level. You know, this is a this is a team that's deep at receiver, and they use a six seven deep rotation. Now they'll be missing Taysier Mack, their senior deep threat, which probably is he's in a sling. It doesn't look good for him on Saturday, but they'll still have guys like Melky Stovall, who's been transferred from Hawaii, who's been a shifty kind of slot guy, and, and has been able to make some things happen. They also have Shockey Jacques Louis. They have uh, Jalen Barden is coming into his own. They have a lot of talent here. I think it's their weapons, the group of weapons around Kenny Pickett. Without them, they wouldn't be where they are right now. It's got to be this perfect balancing act, it seems like. Kenny Pickett makes them better, but they also help him become a greater quarterback and that sort of thing. The Duke defense is going to have a big test come Saturday, or tomorrow, I should say, on this crossover edition of Locked On Blue Devils and Locked On Pitt. Pitt has won five straight in this one. All right, coming up in just a moment, we're going to have our roles reverse. Nick will ask me all things about the Duke Blue Devils as you were listening again to a crossover episode of Locked on Blue Devils and Locked on Pit. We want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our good friends at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place where you can always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I am the biggest endorser of McDonald's. I say this on the program all the time. I proudly worked there about a decade ago in high school and uh, loved my time at McDonald's and uh, can't say enough great things about them. As we like to say, head to your local McDonald's, refuel and reconnect 
Did someone say a locked on ACC watch party? Because that's the place to be. Let's end it by saying this. I'm loving it. All right, folks, welcome back to a great crossover episode of Locked on Pit and Locked on Blue Devils. Nick Fairbaugh, JJ Jackson here. Our rules are reversed now. I'm the host. I'm going to ask JJ <laughs> about Duke. Duke obviously having a bit of a rough season, JJ. But if there's anything that has salvaged their season, I think it's been the play of Mateo Durant, their star running back. What does he add to that Blue Devils offense? And what can you say about the play of Durant? Yeah, he's kind of like a safety blanket, Nick, right? I mean, obviously, quarterback was the big position that everybody talks about in college football and and football in general. You've got to have a quarterback if you want to win. And so Duke last year had Chase Bryce. That was a disaster. That did not go well. It's tough to see him now playing well at Appalachian State because it kind of makes you wonder what went wrong last year that the play went so poorly a year ago. Gunnar Holmberg has been fine. But his play has been greatly elevated by having number 21 in the backfield. He's 27 yards of 1,000 on the season. It's been ages, it feels like, since Duke even had an 1,000-yard running back. Teams are starting to figure out, okay, we need to stop number 21. And they've been able to do that to a much better job than they did in non-conference play. But obviously, when you've got him in the backfield, the offense feels good. Yeah, and I think that's Pitt's biggest thing this weekend, stopping Mateo Durant. Listen, they faced a few good running backs, Jalen Knight and Jameer Gibbs. I don't know if they faced one quite like Mateo Durant just yet. He's, I mean, he's, we're talking about a top 10 rusher in the conference, not just in the conference, the NCAA second, only behind Sean Tucker, but Sean Tucker's obviously running the ball at a high level right now. But outside of him, I think, you know, for most Pitt fans, they don't really know a lot of players on Duke, you know, who else outside of Mateo Durant could be dangerous to Pitt's defense, uh, offense rather, um, because I feel like, you know, on the defense specifically for Duke, there might be a few sleepers there. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll kind of highlight players on both sides of the ball. Then, as you mentioned, Mateo Duran is obviously going to be atop the scouting report for everybody. Gunnar Holmberg has been a fine quarterback for Duke this year. He's in a tough spot. The offensive line needs to continue to play well, and that's something that they're going to have to address it recruiting in the transfer portal, whatever you've got to do in years to come to truly be sustainable. We're also in kind of this level of uncertainty because David Cutcliffe did turn 67 back in September. So how many days left, how many years left does he have leading the Duke program before you see that turnover take place? Out at the wideout position, Jake Bobo in the non-conference was one of the top wide receivers, actually led the ACC in several statistical categories Him and Josh Downs of UNC have been kind of the top guys out there out wide um, so far in conference play. Bobo's a guy that you want to be aware of that's going to be number 19 out there. Jalen Calhoun makes a lot of over-the-top explosive plays for the Duke offense. And then defensively, it starts and ends with Shaka Hayward barking out the orders there at the linebacker spot. Last year, it was Duke's defensive front with Chris Rump and Dimukeji. Both of those guys are now playing in the NFL. And so it's Shaka Hayward leading the way in that linebacker room and hoping that the Blue Devil secondary comes to play because that's where I'm, I'm absolutely worried about that Duke secondary going against this passing attack of Pittsburgh. Yeah, and you look at comparable passing attacks, 38 to UNC, 48 to Virginia, 45 to Wake Forest. Not exactly a great yeah, you, you feel pretty good, Nick? You feel pretty good about this I, I do. <laughs> I, I do feel good. And, and I, I can – we could argue that Pitt might have as dangerous of a passing attack of 
as any of those teams too. No doubt. So very much looking good for the Panthers in that regard. I think the other thing, you know, the surrounding the Duke program that Pitt fans might be kind of interested in, you talked about David Cutcliffe, three and five on the year, one win in conference. What are you kind of looking at with Cutcliffe? Is he on the hot seat? Is he potentially going to be gone? Or is Duke going to be going into the coaching realm here this year? Or is he more so going to get his opportunity to go out on his terms? Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the coaching carousel, right, that everybody loves to play in the NCAA video game mode where you're trying to figure out, okay, who's going where and kind of figuring out where they go from there. I don't know that hot seat is necessarily the right word to use, Nick. I know that that's kind of uh, the, the one we go to so often. With this Duke football team, Cutcliffe has done wonders for it ever since he's taken the job in 2007. You mentioned this program is storied, right? There was a day where Steve Spurrier called the Duke Blue Devils his football team, uh, which we so fondly think back and remember. But I think Cutcliffe is going to get to decide for the most part when he walks away from this position. I do think that time is coming, though. I do think Cutcliffe can look himself in the mirror and say, look, the days might have passed me by. And that's okay, right? You're 67 years old. There's still plenty of life for you to walk out and uh, enjoy. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel from the outside looking in, but from the Duke fan perspective, we are kind of ready for a change. But we understand that anytime a change takes place, particularly at a school like Duke where the academic standards are what they are, it's really difficult for someone to come in right away and get that level of success that we've seen. It's just been clear, though, after 14 years of Coach Cutcliffe, it might be try- time to try something new. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a reasonable expectation. It feels like everyone on their schedule fighting hard in the ACC, and then everyone just looks at Duke, and they're like, that's the easy win. And yeah. I think that's not where Duke wants to be right now as a football program. But last question I do want to ask, this offense for Duke has been sputtering in recent weeks. Zero against Virginia, and Virginia's defense is not good. Seven against Wake. What's kind of going wrong? Is it Holmberg? Is it that teams are just keying in on Durant now and Holmberg's having to beat them? What is the issue for the for the Blue Devils' offense? It's a combination of the two. That's a great question that you asked there. It has been, like I said, a non-conference competition. Look, people didn't know that Mateo Durant was going to be as talented as he was this season, although he did have a productive year last year with 817 rushing yards. Deion Jackson departs uh, for his professional football career after graduating, and it's all 21 in the backfield. No one else has kind of stepped up in that running back room outside of Mateo Durant, which is a, a reason for concern moving forward with Duke football, but we'll get to that come 2022. I, I think it's been the fact that people are king in on Mateo Durant, forcing Gunnar Holmberg to make more decisions. The offensive line isn't giving him enough time to make those decisions. And then on top of that, Duke kind of hurts themselves when you're penalized as frequently as they have been this season. And so when you're playing behind the chains, Nick, you know as well as I do watching the game how frustrating that can be. I can only imagine how frustrating that is for the team. And then you don't execute when that's the problem. Absolutely. Locked on pit, locked on Blue Devils crossover episode here. We will talk about what's at stake and really what are the things you need to watch here in this matchup. But folks, if you want to bet on the matchup, there's no better place to go than betonline.ag. With a new web interface for the start of basketball season and for the enforce of football season, they have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. 
head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Again, that's the promo code locked on. You'll receive that 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Just do that promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Folks, have you been looking for the best tasting and the healthiest protein bar around? I got you. BuiltBar.com has both. And folks, most, most protein bars in experience, I, I have protein bars too. In my experience, they can be waxy. They can be chalky. You just kind of choke them down. But you, you, know, you know if you work out, you need to have the protein bars. Built Bar, it's not like that. It's soft. It's good. And trust me, they have multiple flavors. So whatever floats your boat, you can find out. You can also get a mixed box of these flavors. They have anything from coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate. I recommend the double chocolate. And cherry bar sia but don't forget you also get those health benefits you can get the low carb the low calories the low fat the low sugar and it's all high in protein so you get all the health benefits on top of just being purely delicious with all those flavors so folks this month built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days check the website often i know you don't want to miss this offer so go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 and it's our promo code Locked 15 and get 15% off on your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to this great crossover episode of Locked On Pit and Locked On Blue Devils. Nick Farabaugh, JJ Jackson here. JJ, it's time to talk a little bit about the big picture in this game for both teams. For Duke, three and five. You don't have that conference win quite yet. It came out of conference, you know, non-conference play feeling pretty good with two power five wins. What's at stake for Duke in this game? I think it's the opportunity to kind of refresh and reset going into the final month of the season with four games left. Duke's got the fortunate, the fortune of having three of their final four games being played at home inside Wallace Wade. If they can find any momentum offensively and defensively going into more of their winnable games. I think that's the biggest takeaway that Duke can have. Look, Vegas has pit favored by 21 points. I don't see, I don't think there's any chance that Duke could win this football game. And I don't think they're in the spirit of, okay, let's just try to make it more competitive than some might think it could be. But I think if they can work on themselves this week, as crazy as that sounds, I just think that's what you've got to do when you're this much of an underdog against a power like Pitt. Find ways to win your game in terms of playing good defense, moving the football effectively, and putting points on the board. Because as you mentioned, seven points the last two weeks, that's unacceptable. Let's see if they could find a way to get into the end zone. Yeah, and for Pitt this week, on, on that end, I think they want that defense to make a big state. 38 points to Miami. Now, that's a Miami team that I think is much better than their record. I think Tyler Van Dyke's playing at a high level. You have weapons, Jalen Knighton. They found a weapon there. But this is a defense that has had two really bad games this year. And they've come out both times, and they've really put a stinker. But against Western Michigan, the week after, they really made a statement at Georgia Tech. Two immediate turnovers. That's the type of thing you need to see from this pit defense, in my opinion. I want to see a zero or a seven on that board. I do. Because you know it's possible. You know two teams have done it before. 
Pitt needs to come out defensively and play a heck of a game. Offensively, just do what you do. I don't care about Kenny Pickett in the offense. They're going to come out and I think do a really nice job. But Pitt needs to make this a statement win. This is Pitt's get-right game after a loss. Make a statement. Come in here to Duke in their stadium and make a big splash and show Pitt. You know, Pitt's not gone. Pitt is here. Because you have immediately turned around on Thursday and you face North Carolina, Sam Howell coming to town, and then you got Brennan Armstrong in Virginia. So it's two big matchups. Pitt needs to come out, make a statement game here, get right and get ready for the final three conference games and run the table right to Charlotte. That is the opportunity for Pitt here. So, JJ, I do want to ask, with this game, with with the spread, kind of with everything, how do you see this game playing out? I I think Pittsburgh does win. I I think, obviously, that they're the better team. They've got more to play for. They do have a really – tough couple of weeks coming up. You mentioned the quarterbacks that they're going to go up against. I do think that Duke can kind of figure some things out offensively. I would not be surprised if Duke was able to get in that 17 to 20 point range, maybe kind of find a couple of touchdowns out there offensively, have their defense make some nice plays, ultimately knowing you're not going to be able to slow down the pit offense enough to give your chance, your team a chance to win. But I do kind of like the idea of Duke's offense starting to figure some things out before they get into their final month of the season. So I, I think that Pitt's offense is just going to come out here and, and really be the story of this game. I think that sure. they're going to put up a lot. I think 40-plus is very reasonable to expect Pitt to put up. I think Kenny Pickett's going to have a big game. I think they'll get the ground game going. I think that Pitt's going to have a really good game offense. I think defensively they've shown they're receptive to coaching. They've shown they have this ability to forget games and step up. Had a really big game in Blacksburg against Braxton Burmeister, Trey Turner, and those guys uh, and at Virginia Tech. They had a really strong game down there. I think that was their best game of the season. And, again, when they faced Jeff Sims, and Jeff Sims coming off a really hot performance against North Carolina, they shut him down. And Jeff Sims has only proven that he's a solid quarterback, and they made him look pretty bad. So I think Pitt needs to come out here. I think Pitt wins. I hope that they win big. I'm going to say they win big. I think they cover that spread too. And more importantly, I think Pitt does make a statement. Final prediction for you, JJ. What do you think in score-wise, X-Factors, who has a big game? What do you think? Yeah, I love this. I, I like to kind of go for or, or predict who's going to find the end zone for Duke. That's always a fun game for me to play uh, with my listeners. Jake Bobo is somebody that uh, wide receiver for Duke. Like I mentioned his numbers a little bit earlier in the season and or in our podcast, I should say. He'll have tons of catches throughout the year, Nick, but for whatever reason, the end zone is something he can't find. I think Jake Bobo gets back into the end zone this weekend for Duke. That's a prediction that I want to throw out there here on this Friday. If I had to give you a score, I'm going to hammer in that number of 17 for Duke. I could see this game being 52 to 17 is kind of where I see this one ending up. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable score. You know, I'll play that with Pitt, too. I think Jordan Addison's going to find the end zone a few times in this one. I, I really feels like do. a safe bet given how well yeah. he's played this year. <laughs> it, it does. feels like a very safe bet. I think he gets in the end zone. I'll tell you what. I think that Melky Stovall finds the end zone for the first time since Tennessee. Okay. Um, I think that there's going to be a few, few plays for this pit offense. You're going to see everyone kind of get involved. Um, I think that you're going to see a big game from someone not named Addison or Wayne. And I think that big game is going to come from Melky Stovall, who's had a bigger role in the offense recently and has showcased his ability. So I think he'll have a big game in this one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 59 to 14. I think that's what I'm going to go. I think Pitt's going to really stop the foot down and they have no problem putting up lots and lots of 
points. So that's how I see this game playing out here. Locked on Pitt, locked on Duke crossover episode. JJ, any final thoughts? I'm just excited to watch this game, Nick. This has been a whole lot of fun. Like I said, uh, obviously this football game more likely than not is not going to go in Duke's favor. But I tell you what, I can't wait to return the favor come basketball season, Nick, when we'll have another crossover episode to talk about that Jeff Capel and Duke matchup this upcoming season. So really looking forward to it. And I hope the Locked On Pit fans are looking forward to hearing my voice again because they will. Yes, they will. Trust me, we will have another crossover episode when Duke Duke's coming to town. I think that's Coach K's yeah. final game. So that'll be definitely a crossover episode right there. So you can look forward to that coming here. Locked on Pitt, locked on Duke crossover special here for Pitt versus Duke football. Folks, that's all you have for me as always. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to end this off with the Locked on Pitt special. Hail to Pitt.